0: Thank you so much for joining us sure. um, on this lovely Sunday morning and I just want to again remind you of what we're talking about today which is how COVID is an opportunity to kind of re-examine and rethink and reflect on our participation in cultural productions, how we show up in relationship, how we Navigate different power dynamics and social systems and structures and sort of redefining our priorities and what matters to us. I'm talking today with Jessica Tracy, a therapist in the Bay Area, and we're also talking about it from a queer perspective from the individuals that we'll be talking to um, over this next hour. So, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Sure. And welcome to KPFA Full Circle. Thank you for having me. I'd like to start by asking you to close your eyes and think back to March 13th, 2020. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking, feeling, doing those first few days and then Mm -hmm. those first few weeks and then the months of quarantine? Mm -hmm. How were you making meaning or spending your time Mm -hmm. back in March
1: of 2020? 2020. I mean, I think at that point, it was still so unknown how long this process was going to be. And I remember I was talking to colleagues, talking to clients about moving to Zoom. And it was very much this idea that it was going to be temporary, that we were going to be meeting virtual for a week or two and scrubbing and kind of these intense practices that then we let go of. But there was this real false sense of that we could predict when we were going to see each other again. So it felt scary, but also manageable because there was this idea that it was a temporary situation. So that's kind of what comes to my mind first when I think about that time. And little did I know that I would never go back to my office again and never see some of my clients for years, or even some of them, you know, ended up moving and ending. So it was I could have never anticipated the kind of degrees of loss that would, that would follow.
0: Yeah. I'm hearing that there was just a lot of change and transformation and rethinking how you do your practice as a therapist related to that. What have you learned about yourself over the past 19 months in terms of any insights and, or maybe talk in more detail
1: about the transformations that you gained as a result? Yeah. I mean, the other, the other time that comes to my mind that I think you and I have talked about before is the, the orange day in, I think that was in August. Yeah. So maybe I'll back up a little bit before that there was a lot of, I think a reliance on going outside and that being the, the coping mechanism, even though we couldn't, I couldn't see friends and family, couldn't see community. We could go outside for a walk and connect or, some therapists were taking walks with with people that with their clients, and that was kind of a way to stay connected and to ground into nature. And then, when the fires hit, it was um, kind of a moment of okay, the one the one coping strategy we had was taken away. And so, in that that moment, I definitely felt like I was really in the same boat as my clients. Like we were just all in this kind of collective struggle together. I'd never felt that before in my work. So there was something hard about that. And there was something very connecting about that, that we're all specifically folks in the Bay area. We're all kind of in this moment together, having to find creative new ways to cope. And I think after the orange day for me, and I think for a lot of other folks, a lot of the journey kind of, it was a forced entry to kind of sink into self-exploration. Rather than going outside and doing these things, it was like a returning to depths of my own and how to ground myself with not, not a lot of resources from the outside in the ways that I'd known them before.
0: I think it's really interesting to think about how a lot of people were using walks as mm-hmm. the time to do something mm-hmm. and not feel so stuck and then it it just was taken away instantly mm-hmm. and then there's the idea too of of like I completely forgot about that even though it was only a year and some change so, ago isn't that interesting yeah like I I think that was really like such a surreal apocalyptic way and I was teaching online with my students and just trying to you know not normalize like oh we just go on with the flow today like no it's it's freaky today let's talk about that Mm -hmm. right and everyone is in that experience and it sounds I think that we've talked about this too of just like how you navigate when you're servicing folks right and you're holding space for folks whether it's education or therapy and you're having your own feelings about just um, and trying to manage that Mm -hmm. at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think as as therapists and healers, there's a desire to, we don't often know more, but there's a desire to know more, to be able to soothe. And I think when folks are coming to you for guidance and you're just right in it with them, you don't have any, or I didn't have any kind of new insights. It was really just kind of a practice of being present because that's literally all that we could do, or that's all that I could do.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do you think that that day in particular is like the most radical shift or transformation for you or since then over the past, like, I guess that was just five months into it.
1: I think that that summer, and then also the first time that I kind of entered back into physical space with folks was during the protests, the Golden Gate Bridge protest. And so that was also, there was something about being really choiceful about where I used my body and where I decided to go out in public. And I think that for queer folks, like having to kind of be really choiceful about kind of the spaces that you enter and how safe it is or not safe. And so it was, I felt like there was something about, making more of a choice of, I'm not going to go to the grocery store, but I'm going to like go to this protest that feels more meaningful. And so there was also a lot around that summer in having to be really decisive and choiceful about purpose, I would say.
0: And then looking at now 2021, and we're about to, you know, it's December, so we're about to go into 2022, which just it's in some ways I feel like 2021 was a blur and, mm-hmm. and also just more apocalyptic. Like I think about January 6th. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think about, you know, being back in person in a lot of ways because people are so attached to the idea of things going back, even though there is no back to go back to. So I'm just wondering, thinking about 2022, Are there any redefinitions of your purpose that you were talking about that you want to take
1: into 2022? Hmm. I love that question because there is something as, as you're talking about time too, that has been really hard to kind of hold on to. And so the markers of time have felt more strange than they have before. So I really like this idea of being more conscious about what you're bringing Forward, I think just feeling the the fragility of life in a new way, and this is this is not a test run, this is not a joke kind of feeling. Um, I've lost people to COVID. Most uh, many people I know have lost people to COVID, and seeing that on a global scale, and then that coupled with. Are we going to be in a lockdown again? Who knows? Like we can't rely as much on planning for the future. So I think there's something about staying in the present and being choiceful about what I want to do. And I think, I don't know, I don't have, I think that that might be purpose in and of itself is just being present to what is. I don't have necessarily anything more than that in terms of doing the work that I feel i'm doing in this world like helping other people be present and you know there's this theory in gestalt therapy it's called the paradox of change and the more once you're the idea is once you're with something and just accept it then it shifts and i'm sure there's many other traditions that have that idea so i think like conscious presence is is a radical shifter
0: oh i think completely i think a lot of people are distracted. We're like distracted. We're not really present in the social media, all the things. I think that's like an embedded part of our culture and part of capitalism. And so when you slow down pause and you're present, a lot of things become very clear mm-hmm. and a lot of the noise falls away. Mm-hmm and if you can be present with you, with your clients I, I i think it's very similar to like when when i'm when i show up fully with my student and i'm also wanting to get into what you said a little bit before which is about what are what did you lose
1: mm-hmm. and
0: or just let go of yeah over the past 19 months and did you notice any trends in your therapy practice in terms of loss and letting go
1: yeah what did I lose I mean for sure this I've lost the idea that I can predict <laughs> <laughs> that I can predict even where I will be a month from now I think I've lost that false idea that I had for many years of I can plan a plan to go see somebody in six months or I can plan to maybe take a trip like that is out the window. And then also losing bases, losing, losing clinical spaces, had to let go of my office, which, which was hard. That was a place where all of my clients would, would come and a place that I nurtured that space. And then queer, queer spaces in general have been so important to the community. So, you know, I work with, lots of queer clients and those spaces being gone has had an impact, particularly for queer folks who don't have family in the area or who are not close with their families. Mm -hmm. And some trends in practice, I think people are really kind of wanting to journey more inward and are letting go of some of these. There has been a whole kind of trend around slowing down a lot of people have been writing about this, getting out of the rat race a little bit, no matter what industry you're in. So I think I'm, that's conversations that people are having more around purpose, around the kind of ephemeral nature of life is, is just up so much more. And there's been moments of like profound kindness and connection to, like, that I think people aren't taking for granted anymore. And I know that I've had times of feeling so grateful for my work because I'm able to witness what people are actually going through. And it's this, a lot of pain, a lot of loss and the fact that we're able to connect around it and that they're able to talk about it is really beautiful.
0: That's awesome. And I think it also, you know, I really appreciate that perspective and it relates to what I also want to talk about is like, kind of like the, the gifts or the silver lining in the power of the pause and slowing down, what kinds of new perspectives from that space of stopping and being present and just acceptance too that you talked about in terms of change, Mm -hmm. what sort of new perspectives kind of rose to the surface or practices Mm -hmm. and and gifts of Mm -hmm. everyone stopping so you have no choice but to stop. So I'm interested in hearing
1: about that too. Mm. I mean, one... One thing is, is that I I used to, you know, I used to exercise more, a little more rigorously over the past year and a half, two years, I've really just gotten into really gentle stretching and really gentle breathing. That's been really not focused on an outcome, but again, just kind of trying to be present and gentle with myself. So that's been one like personal practice um, specifically because I'm now working on the computer and I've never worked on a computer in my professional life this much before. So I think just nurturing my body in a really gentle way, not in a way of striving or trying to achieve anything has been really nurturing. And I think letting go of, of planning for the future as much is another thing that I'm taking with me being more in tune with kind of the seasons and the the moon cycles have been really grounding for me are the cycles of the earth and kind of landing more into that as as a way to kind of ground and orient myself that gives me enough kind of something that's predictable enough even though we can't fully predict it that's that feels like a kind of remedy for the unpredictability that we're all in for me personally.
0: I like that. That's beautiful in terms of grounding and also learning how to be kind to mm-hmm. ourselves. I think when we are in the service like profession of uh, in in when we show up in this way like I was saying about holding space, sometimes holding space for ourselves becomes the last priority. Yeah, you're in a pandemic. If you don't hold space for yourself first and ground yourself and be present yourself,
1: Mm -hmm. you can't be
0: present for anyone else, right?
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes when I now go into the grocery store of a grocery store near where I live and um, just a little 10 second conversation, particularly in the height of the pandemic when I was really inside a lot having those little moments of human connection were really grounding for me too. kind of this, like how our nervous systems co-regulate each other. I do not take for granted the kind of kindness of strangers, the kindness of kind of human interactions that we come across in a day. We've missed those a lot. Are you seeing anybody in person or is it still all on, online? Um, I was seeing people in person um, and then s- shifted back with Delta so that's been another interesting kind of thing of going back into person seeing people in person and then switching back I think I've I will have an office within the next couple months but again and kind of trying to ride the wave of
0: mm-hmm.
1: who knows how long that will be and for sure how does your queer identity
0: inform your work and your perspective? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of this in particular in terms of being like imaginative and resourceful, through create and being creative through like difficult times. Does resilience lend itself to insights coming from like a queer perspective? Is kind of where I'm going with this question.
1: Yeah, I think I think I've, I've thought about this in terms of like historically queer folks having to create something before it's existed, like particularly around spaces, like having to create a space before it's there. And so I think there's something around or create a family, create a chosen family, these ways of, of finding things kind of in the void. And I think that that informs how I work with folks, like folks of all orientations um, around a, a trust that, that something can be created just by the desire, even if that thing that's created is just a different thought. So sometimes just trusting that like humans hold the truth inside of them, even if there's not a reflection of that yet in the outside world.
0: That's actually really beautiful. I love that idea of we have all the answers if we just pause and reflect and listen and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, dialogue with each other. Yeah, dialogue. What I'm hearing you say is like it's there's a void, and then we come together and we create these structures like chosen family, mm-hmm. right? Like community. Um, even when we it wasn't there to begin with, it's still yeah. inside us, even if we didn't experience it as young people, or we don't see a lot of it outside. I mean, one of the things um, the artist that I was speaking to yesterday said you know, there's just such a division, like that we're more Mm -hmm. divided than ever. So I think it's important to keep that hope and that belief and that knowledge and that wisdom Mm -hmm. alive that we know this place. We Mm -hmm. create in the void all the time. we That's what human beings do, not Mm -hmm. just queer human beings, right? Like people People. are pack mammals and we know Mm -hmm. how to create social supportive Mm -hmm. social structures if we if we really if that's our priority. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I love that. My last question before we go is do you have any words of wisdom or calls to action that you would like to leave our listeners with, especially in what we were just talking about in terms of supporting strong relationships and healing and just Mm -hmm. practices and maybe even transforming social structures.
1: I, mean, I think one thing that comes to mind, particularly because a lot of folks have been struggling with isolation and depression. And I think it's great that these conversations are happening more. But I think as we trust ourselves and trust each other to speak about what's actually happening for us, that in and of itself is helpful for the person who's struggling with those feelings and helpful for other folks who can't speak about it yet. So I think there's something about speaking your truth and then also getting involved with your community in some way, even if it's just online, even if it's a short amount of time each day. I don't know, there's something about a reminder that even though we might be all in our apartments or homes or wherever we are residing alone, that there's so many connections that are, available to be made, even if it's just knowing that you're not the only person feeling isolated. My instinct is just around kind of truth telling and risking speaking your truth with folks that you feel comfortable with, folks that you feel safe with, kind of getting involved with your community in a way that feels meaningful to you.
0: Right. Because even if we're physically distancing, we don't have to socially distance. I think we've learned Mm-hmm. and we have created online ways of socially interacting.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not
0: just reliant on social media, physically distancing in person, right. And still being in person too. So we know, we know how to create certain situations, even though it is coming down to winter and you will be, you know, inside more. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that reminder of show up with your whole self because time is short and life is ephemeral and we really cannot predict the future. Mm -hmm. And so the time is now to be you. And then not only will you feel less alone, but other folks will feel less alone and possibly be inspired and, or gain strength from that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Important for people to remember, you know, and what you, what you just said about kind of the winter, I feel like that's another, way to kind of to to connect to is around knowing that it's okay to to be inside I don't know the winter I feel like gives us that permission to kind of be inside and reflect and not have to be so extroverted if that doesn't resonate with you I I love the seasonal invitation to go inside
0: Mm.
1: I mean it's dark so early (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's it's not even noon and it's dark here. I know exactly. (laughs) The storm for sure.
0: Well, I like that idea too, of seasonal invitation, because it reminds me of what you said in the beginning, which is about being present. Mm, Yeah. So if you're being present to what's really happening outside, whether it's an orange sky (laughs) or a river storm, like we're supposed to have in the Bay this weekend, you know, All these new phrases. I'd never heard river storm
1: before. A right.
0: Of- so, like, but that's just fact. So we can plan. Like I had all these plans for outside today. It's not happening. <laughs> you know? Um, and we just flow with it. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that idea of thinking of the seasons and what's really happening as an invitation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Instead of as an imposition. Yeah. Right. I mean, COVID and her Miss Rona and her cousins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're here to stay. They're not being good guests and they're not going anywhere. Like they moved in. Like that's fact. So facts on facts on but facts. They're, they're going here to back. stay. Yeah, they're they they're relatives who who are now living with us for who I mean, and the cousins just keep on coming, is how I feel. Until the rest of the world is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. This is where we be. And until capitalism thinks long-term instead of short-term exploitation of resources and capital then um, and people, we won't get there. So I I mean, I hope in 10 years, everyone's vaccinated, but who knows if the vaccines will even mean anything in 10 years, right? Yep. Yep. On that note, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But seriously, thank you for your time and your perspective. I think it's really important and powerful to, to tell our truth. And I really feel like you were telling your truth today. And I appreciate that.